Happy Boo Wednesdays. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Natalie Jennings. She's a OG photographer like me, original gangster. We've been doing this for forever, so we have a lot in common. We're also coaches, and I was on her podcast called Photo Biz Help. And yeah, we just kind of shoot the shit. I'm always buzzing when I talk to her. She's so cool. She's going to tell us about how she incorporates tarot readings into her life and to help her students. I just learned so much from her today, so I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to Get a Heck Yes. Happy Woo Wednesdays. I have Natalie Jennings in the Get a Heck Yes house. She is from Photo Biz Help. She has a podcast and she just interviewed me. She's a great host. I hope to do the same to you. And she's also a photographer at Jennings Photo and she had does amazing work. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you for having me. It's great to chat with you again. I know. We just chatted like two weeks ago and I... I'm so excited to chat about like the most fun topic. If you guys want to know, we're going to be talking about tarot reading. So we're not talking about budgeting or sales calls or client communication, like so over that, like we're going to talk about something fun. So this is like a breath of fresh air for me. (laughs) Yeah, it is for me too. Yay! So tell me about yourself, Natalie. Where are you from? A little bit about you growing up and just like you're a little bit about your journey of where it has taking you today. Yeah, totally. I grew up in Minnesota um, and I live there now, but I've lived all over in between now and then. But I've I've just always really liked visual art. I mean, it, when I was a kid, I was always drawing, always. I think when I was a kid, I went through well, I know this, but I don't know how long it lasted, but I went through quite a long phase that I wanted to be like a Disney cartoonist. It's oh. <laughs> like a weird thing, but I've always liked drawing and art and like visual stuff. So natural thing that I think I was drawn to photography at some point. Um, yeah. I, I started Jennings Photo in 2009, 2010. So we talked about this when you were on my show, but like, yeah, I can kind of that <laughs> right before everything exploded. Um, so so we have that in common, but, um, yeah, we're the OGs. We're the OGs. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing full-time photography ever since then. And I started uh photo biz help, which is a podcast to help photographers grow their businesses. And, and then, um, I think part of the visual art interest for me kind of bled into my tarot interest, which I, I got yeah. into it when I was in high school. And then, you know, there weren't a lot of resources back then and stuff. And I've always just been drawn to, spirituality and occult stuff and just just as a hobby it's I'm not super deep into it I I like everything from comedy to I used to be a jazz trumpet player like I mean I go all different directions if you yeah get me in the right conversation but um 
yeah, I I found that tarot as a tool could bring people really deep into the coaching space. So like when I'm working one-on-one with people in photo business help stuff, um, I kind of just took a leap and decided to integrate that. So yeah, so that's kind of the short version. It's so unique. Um, Two stories. Um, Have you heard of Keith Haring? Keith Haring. God, why does that sound so familiar? If you Google him, you'll know, but he's the artist. But I went to his exhibition at the Broad this weekend. Oh, right on. Yeah, he's like a famous illustration. He did like stuff on the walls and um, was like those men. He was just like really good at like drawing. Oh, yeah, I know know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so he says he, his dad, um, got him in because his dad was a Disney cartoonist. So he taught him how to draw. So I was like, Oh, that's so funny. That's so cool. And then one more story. Um, this is not my interview, but, um, it was interesting because, you know, I never, this is the first time talking about tarot, but I saw today, um, you know, I give you the chance to pick your spot, but it's you and another girl and you're about tarot and she's about microdosing. So it's like, (laughs) that's so weird. It's like the same thing. It's going to be a fun day for you. Yeah, it's like all about. <laughs> oh, and also it's it's mental health awareness month. Oh, right on. Oh, it's awareness. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, you know, divine timing then. Okay. So yeah, this is amazing. Okay. So um, visual design, photography, um, mm-hmm. coaching, um, you got in the same time as me when, you know, things are pretty cushy. We, you know, I know. There, there wasn't a, a ton of photographers out there, but just walk me through like getting into like the coaching space, like, um, and your journey. Cause we're, we're kind of on similar journeys. Yeah. Well, I think what happened was, is, uh, I started to get a lot of emails a few years into my photo business. Just like, how do you do this? Like, what, what are you using? What is the, you know, I mean, you, you get it. Like you get all those questions, like what, what kind of camera do you shoot on? And, um, so I realized that I should probably, you know, put some structure around it and try and help people in a group. And I reached out to the, what was it? It was the Minneapolis Photo Center at the time. And the owners, they have since sold it, but the the original owners were the sweetest couple and they were just super accommodating and really inviting. And they said, why don't you come in, you know, oh, wow. every couple of weeks and, and do a workshop? We'll advertise it for you and we'll pay you to do it. And, you know, um, come on in. So that's kind of how I got my feet wet. Like it wasn't really necessarily like the online zoom coaching that we think of now, but it yeah. I was doing workshops pretty regularly for, from like 2013 to 2015. And I really built a good portion of, of the audience that was local here. And um, I guess I should say that I was a high school English teacher before I was a photographer. So that's oh, the job. Yeah. So that's the you. job I left. <laughs> um, I did my master's work in education. So it was wow. really natural to me to just be like, in a room teaching people stuff. Um, supernatural. It that was, was the biggest hump hurdle that I had to get through. So you're so lucky to have that background. It was helpful. It's always yeah. been helpful <laughs> in the coaching. It's it's always been a tool for sure in the coaching space because it's super similar. Um, different different audience, but so after I did that for a little while, um, I just started exploring kind of like, oh, maybe I could turn this into something like online and yeah. Um I don't think I really did anything major with it until probably right before COVID. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I just, I started doing one-on-one um, sessions. Then I started the podcast. So the podcast is about four years old, Photo Business Help. And that's when... No, but that's um, like really unique. Like people didn't have podcasts four years ago. <laughs> 
I know it it really it really start it was a great time to start it. We're like almost 400 episodes in and you know it's obviously designed to help people grow with their photo business. So there's definitely this intuitive guidance kind of piece to it and um yeah, that's kind of where everything branched off. So now I have uh like a coaching program that I'm just I open up a few times a year called the Greenhouse and that's that's kind of an amalgamation of all the stuff that I was teaching yeah. back back in the day in in person mm-hmm. in some of those workshops. Oh, what does a greenhouse mean? And like, what do you teach? What's your secret? Yeah. So, I mean, the idea of growing with your photo business. So it's just kind of plant themed. I'm a plant nut. I'm like the crazy plant lady. I have a, you know, so I just was like, oh, that'd be kind of a fun container, like a name for a place to grow. Um, And I think we just combine, we combine sort of all the businessy things, you know, how to start an email list and like just the things that you need to have a, a working business with a lot of like the mindset stuff and the, you know, just like digging into like blocks and, you know, just stuff that keeps us from really succeeding. You know, I see a lot of like guilt around pricing stuff. Like I don't want to, you know, price too high or just even showing up in in front of people um, making the right decisions intuitively when, you know, you should say yes, or you know, you should say no, but you do the opposite, like all those Uh different things. And then I kind of found like, well, I like to read tarot. And this seems like it would be a really helpful tool within the coaching to sort of get people. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is it gets people deep really fast. Wow. You know, because you can't really ignore what's there and you just, it's Uh a self-reflective tool. It's not a predictive tool. So anything that you think about it, when you think tarot, I think there are a lot of Hollywood depictions and a lot of things that we just see kind of like old school. It's very similar to like when you think of old school photography, we talked about this. Like when you think of like the old guard that like refused to change when all the new stuff was coming out, like Uh just refused to adopt social media and try even digital photography, like was really stuck in like, I'm in a film studio, you know, Uh that kind of thing. I see that a lot with like the tarot stuff. It's like this kind of, almost like a creepy, weird depiction of it that is not at all, at all, I'm not even close to that neighborhood when it comes to how I use it. So yeah. I'm really trying to like, let people know that this is just a tool to help you self-reflect. It's like a mirror. So that's. Yeah. That's Let's talk about it like a little bit more of how you got into it. You know, how old were you? What was like um, your story and how did you develop your skills and why is it like so near and dear to your heart? It's interesting. I ask myself that a lot. I'm like, why do I like this? You know, why do we like the stuff that we like? I don't know. I got, like I said, I got a tarot deck in high school. I don't know. I don't remember the context around it. I just know that I, and I still use the same, I like, I use that deck. I've had it for a long, long time. Um, But I think, I think for me, there's always been a draw to the unknown. And there's definitely a lot of history and mystery around a lot of things that we you know, like, like archetypal um, figures, like the Empress or like, like even myths or legends or all that kind of stuff has just really been interesting to me. And I think it's kind of baked into the tarot um, in a lot of ways. But again, back to that visual art thing, like now there's a bajillion different decks that you can choose from. And so many of them are just so beautiful. And I think aesthetically, it's just kind of a fun, you know, if you were to look at different tools, it's a fun tool, just for someone who likes visual art to use yeah. so I think, like my my pull to it was really kind of rooted in my interest in visual art but also just my interest in like the mystery that 
seems to surround a lot of these things. And I do personally believe that there's a lot that we don't understand about the nature of the universe and where we live. Like, I think Uh it's just amazing to just kind of be open-minded about it. So the stuff that I learn when I read about some of these archetypal, you know, figures, and it's just, it's just fun. It's just interesting. And it's, um, I got, obviously like everyone else, I had a lot of time on my hands during COVID. So I really, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is actually all new to me. Um, I do. Okay. Funny story first, but I was just so depleted after 2021, like shooting so many weddings and, you know, having little two babies. And um, I was just, I think I shot like this crazy wedding, like bazillion hours. And I just like walked off and I instantly called my friend that does tarot reading. And they just like, tell me what to do. Do it. Should I like give it up? And she's just saw me like, like that. She flipped over a tarot cards, like me, like looking out like a depleted lake or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, wow, that's me. Like I'm completely depleted. So, um, but I don't know too much about it, but tell me like these, um, you know, historical images, like, do you know who like invented it or where it came from? I don't know anything. It, I mean, it has a long, long history. So like the the most we know or like the most intact deck came from Italy in like the 1400s. Wow. 1300s, maybe. I don't have all the dates right, but there's there's a long history of it being practiced in a few different places. France has uh, a Tarot de Marseille, which is like a separate deck. The oh. one that I have is the Rider Waitsmith system. So there's a couple different, there's like a f- maybe three or four different like main systems that kind of cropped up. Um, and this one is the one where it's like, you have like the four suits, like the queen, I mean, the queen, the swords, the, the wands, the cups and the pentacles. And then you have 22 major arcana, which are, which are like the empress and the magician and death and all those different archetypes. And then the 56 cards make up the suits. So that's kind of like, and the idea is at least the way I approach it is that the cards represent kind of the spectrum of the human experience Mm. that that like as humans we kind of walk through the world experiencing all sorts of different stuff and the cards are kind of a way to represent the different like energies and things that kind of flow through our lives in a certain way um but one of the things that i find really fascinating so my approach is really i like to explain it like flipping a coin so so like let's say you we're gonna flip a coin you're like say you think of something that you were you're trying to decide between like maybe moving to New York or LA or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And you say, okay, LA's heads and you flip the coin and it's tails. There's some part of your body, no matter who it is, that like for a split second either goes like, yes, or like, oh, you know, like our bodies yeah. react uh-huh. all the time to things in these little micro sort of reactions. Like that's really like kind of the root of your intuition or your your gut feeling, oh, right? Like, interesting. Uh-huh. It's in that split second before your brain has a chance to be like analyzing it and like yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to figure it out. So that's the way I approach the cards. Like if if a card is flipped over and you're like, oh, that's me. Like I'm totally depleted. Like like you're just reflecting that back oh, to yourself. Crazy. Like, uh-huh. It's like you're you're it's a confirmation and your body's going like, yeah, you know? And so when I do a reading with someone, it's not so much, it's non-predictive. So I'm not saying this is what's going to happen to you. Like it's really about empowerment. It's about giving people a chance to look at a problem or something in their life with kind of more of a, yeah, like a reflective approach. Like here's the cards that came out this could mean this, or you should maybe be aware of this. For example, it might be something like, you know, 
be mindful of overthinking because this card represents like a lot of overthinking oh, people will on their own go like yeah i do that all the time you know yeah. and, and so i can't control which cards come out the magical part of it and again you could believe that it's like ink on paper totally random nothing magical or you could be on the other side of it where you think that this is like divinely inspired the cards like i chose the card because some divine intervention like told you know whatever i always say like it doesn't matter you don't have to my favorite thing is like you don't have to believe anything for this to work you can just come totally skeptical and still get something out of it and it really it really helps you kind of crack open your own egg where you're like okay yeah that's true about myself you know you're just reflecting yeah. Um, Was it scary own. to like um, implement this in your business? Yes. <laughs> tell 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 me about like the fears of that and like how you push through. Yeah, I think anytime we step out and do something a little weird or something. <laughs> in my case, it was like I know this works. It's really powerful. It's helped people. It's helped me. It's really fun. It's not as creepy as Hollywood makes it out to be. And so I feel like I'm really trying my best to destigmatize all the stuff that we have in our heads about it. And that was the scariest part. That was the part where it's like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm the crazy lady with like the weird robe in the corner with the candle or something, you know, like it's not, it can be that and uh-huh. props to like people in super occult circles, like do your thing. But like, I'm trying to open the door to folks that might be otherwise not very spiritual or kind of skeptical or just kind of like, you know, just to to show people that like it can be a really useful tool one of many useful tools that we can you know have in our lives it's not like it's not like it's the one thing but it's super useful like if i'm if i'm sitting down with someone one-on-one um trying to coach them and they might have like a problem with pricing in their business for example like i'll do a reading with them and we'll get to the core of like some major things that are bothering them like right away you know because they will reflect and they'll go like, yeah, you know what, actually, yeah. I've been kind of bummed about this. And, you know, it just, it kind of, it's like the cards give people permission to, to, to express themselves. So oh, knowing right. how powerful you're this right. is, it was yeah. like, you're it, right. was, it was easy to do it because I was like, I want to do this. I love this. But it was also scary because I was like, people are going to think I'm a weirdo. No, know? the same, the same girl that I called, um, she went to one of our barbecues and she was doing readings and she did a reading. It was, I think it was my nephew's party. So it was more like my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's friends. So I didn't know people like on a deep level, but I got to know them because I was kind of listening over uh, listening and they're, they're literally opening up about like their problems, what they want for their future, what they're struggling with. And then my auntie, I'm very close with her. Um, she's around like every weekend. She was talking about stuff that I was like, what? Like you have problems? <laughs> I like, I didn't know there was like anything going on there. Um, and she was saying that she wants to like up levels, like up level to what? Like, <laughs> like these are like words I never like heard like come out of her mouth. Yeah, sure. So it was like, it was interesting how just people like let their guard down just through these tarot cards. So that's why I'm so interested. One question for you, because I'm yeah. curious. Um, I know you've been into it for a while. Like you probably read so many books and like, you're, you're just invested in it. Like, say for me, would, would I just like go online and try to like buy my own tarot cards and just start learning? Like, how would I get into that? 
pardon this short interruption, but guess what? I have a new program. It's for all wedding professionals. It's called the Triple Threat. We redo your brand messaging, the homepage of your website. Part two is we do all your marketing. We create a beautiful brochure so you could start getting on prefer venue vendor list. And we do all your sales. So we actually make you a sales presentation leading your client to the heck yes so you get paid. I have a free 20 minute demo training. It's only 20 minutes. Go to my Instagram at Carissa Wu and DM me the word demo. I will send it right over. It's how to get 10 to 15 quality leads in your inbox per month. Enjoy guys. Carissa Wu is a LA-based wedding photographer who's actually turning business coach. She helped me grow and change, and I'm so proud to call you coach. Tell us how you're feeling. Like, I want to just know a little bit more about your thoughts. Yeah. It's beautiful, and you're, you're awesome. It's beautiful. I'm speechless. <laughs> I just like the fact that it feels like myself. Like, I can, I feel myself when I see this. Oh, man. Well, you got me pumped and excited for this. Carissa, thank you. Yeah, if you want to, I mean, anyone can learn it. It's definitely something you have to practice. It's like anything. It, it really is like an instrument, right? Like there's a lot of cards. There's 78 cards, at least in this system, the Rider Waite Smith system. So, um, there. So let me I'll back up a little bit because there. I want to just explain the difference between um, like Oracle decks and tarot decks. Okay, sure. There's Oracle decks like everywhere. You see them in lots of gift shops and lots of places where it might be like it can be about anything. It can be about like the cat oracle or like the uh -huh. crystal oracle, or like the, <laughs> the space or, you know, it can be about anything. I have animal oracles and I have all sorts of stuff. So that's, that's Oracle cards. Oracle cards can be any amount of cards. So it can be 20 cards or 75 cards or whatever. And it can be about anything. And those are the ones where you like, you would pick one and it would be like, Oh, like, like, let's say it's an animal oracle. And it's like, you pull like a deer and it just has some message for you. And those are great tools to start out with, I think, because it's oh. just one card a day. It's like a way for you to build that muscle of like reflecting. So if you pull one card and you're like, huh, what is the message here for me? Or like, why am I reacting to that? Or why am I super vibing with it? Or why do I not like it? Or like, it's really, it's a good exercise to just sort of like kind of sit with one card, but like a tarot deck, you know, 78 cards in the Rider weight system, which I think is arguably one of the most popular ones. It's the one you see a lot. So when people make decks and I'm designing a deck myself it's like you're you're copying the the actual like suits and the and the archetypes you know like the empress and the hierophant and all those ones that I already talked about um the magician and so forth so that system is you could still just pull a tarot card a day and or or pull a couple or learn a basic spread like it's definitely going to take like you're going to have to look stuff up when you're first doing it yeah, some, uh -huh. some teachers will say don't look anything up just mm -hmm. see how you feel I kind of like to know like the the root of where the card comes from, like the energetic sort of like I, like some of the maybe words associated with the card. That's a really easy way to kind of learn is just pick a couple words and go like like the magician. Oh, like manifestation, you know, creativity, that yeah. kind of thing. Like then you you get these words kind of associated with it. But I mean, yeah, you can learn online. There's loads of resources. I think there's loads of people on Instagram where you could just find like a, a spread to practice. Um yeah, I love you that. Know, there's a Thank lot of you. ways to no, do no. it, but I would say starting with an Oracle is like a fun, easy, low pressure. Like you're not trying to learn anything because there's an Oracle book and you can uh -huh. like 
look up the card and just kind of sit with it. And yeah. that's so cool. Okay. So me and you have been in the business for a long time and we yeah. talked to, you know, a lot of photographers and you mentioned a lot about mindset um, and you don't know, mindset about pricing or anything, but like, what's the biggest struggle these days for photographers? Just, I don't know, being, becoming successful. I know it's a, a kind of a broad question. It is. a Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can pinpoint like the biggest thing, but you, you mentioned pricing. That's a, that's a, that's a top contender and like people aren't charging enough. You know, they're not, they're not understanding what a profitable business, business, profitable business is, you know, like how to run your numbers, how to understand if you're, if you're putting too much time into something. A lot of times when people run their numbers, they're like, oh, I'm making like five cents an hour. (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, maybe not five cents, but like $10 or something. And you're like, oh, so that one I think is depending on how you define success. Some people want tons of followers. I don't think that's necessary, but um, gosh, I think mindset wise, people get like really mixed up in kind of their why. I think sometimes people, I think the people that go into this doing photography because they really love just making images and they get lit up by like Mm -hmm. giving beautiful images to a client and they can't wait to like see what they come up with at the next shoot. And, you know, they're not stressed out about like new locations because they know that they're like something like it's going to be creatively challenging and all that kind of stuff. Like those photographers, I think, do really well. I think it's the ones that are like trying to fit into some kind of box and trying to Audrey and I talked about this a lot on my podcast. She sometimes co-hosts with me and we, we talk a lot about like, we both encounter a lot of folks that are starting out that, that seem to want like an answer, like just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Wow. And in a creative field, I don't think there is an answer. I don't think there is like, this is how you do it. You know, like if you've, if you learn this one thing from one coach, but you don't really like it, then tweak it Uh and make it your own. Then try something new. But I think, I think the folks that have the hardest time, like feel like they're, they're like, they're really rigid about what they're supposed to do. And Uh there's quotes there, you know, and they don't just follow their heart and kind of like, and again, you got to have the business side of it too, but like, really like, what do you like to do? Like do it, you know, like I really believe the more we do what we love, the more doors open up for us, you know? And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, that looks like something I could make some extra money doing, you know? And it's not yeah. really very aligned for them. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you for sharing. I think that opens the question of just like, what is your passion, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I I was listening to um, something about Jewel, like the e-cigarette yesterday. And the people, the two guys that invented it, they went to Stanford and they said, the Steve Jobs commencement speech really stood out to them. Like, you know, follow like your heart, you know, mm-hmm. stay hungry, stay foolish. And that commencement speech really changed my life. So I didn't make like a bazillion, <laughs> billion dollar company, but um, it was like, literally like your job is going to take up a lot of your time. Yeah. So what do you enjoy doing um, the most? So like spending the time, like finding new locations, like you said, and I'll be like, Hey, what's the answer to the question? What preset should I use? Like, tell me the answer. What lens? Right. Um, yeah, maybe maybe someone says they love the 35, but then you realized, you know, you, you like the 50. So it's in photography, there is no like one answer. There's no one answer. There's no one answer with pricing. There's no one answer with any of it. 
it has to be, you know, like what I share with people is sort of like, okay, here's what's worked for me. And this is what I do. And Mm -hmm. so this can be a guideline for you, but like, you know, you got to figure it out yourself, you know? Yes. And I know we're talking so like woo woo and like manifestation, but I know you're very smart and with marketing tools and you mentioned like newsletters and, um, but what would you say your biggest tech marketing tip would be for any new photographers getting out? Tech marketing tip. Oh, I got one. This is a really basic one, but Linktree is lovely, but drive people to your actual website. You want to boost that SEO and like, like uh, prep guides are lovely. Like it's really fun to make a beautiful PDF, but like make it a private page on your website, like drive people to your website. That's going to boost so much more traffic. Like that's a tiny little tech thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never heard that one. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if like, like if you go to my Instagram and you click on like where the link tree would be, it instead goes right to my website because it's a menu I made on my website. So like automatically you're getting one hit. And then if no one clicks anything, it's still one hit to your website. And then if they click something else, it's like, it just compounds. And now you have people on your site, which is exactly what you want, where you want them to be. Like you want them to be interacting in your little ecosystem of stuff rather than having to depend on, and I'm not knocking Linktree because I think it's actually really great for folks that either don't have a website or just uh-huh, it's uh-huh. very easy to change the links out. It's uh-huh. harder to go into the back end of your website and change mm-hmm. links out, but man, it, you know, if you just change those two little things, like your PDF prep guide and your instead send them a link, that's like the prep guide on, on a private page. Yeah. Getting all that SEO. And that, that makes a huge difference. Dude, my job. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I've I've been into like a lot of influencers, um, you know, Instagrams and I click on the link tree and there's so many things. It's like, 10 yeah. things and it makes you not want to click on anything if there's too many I don't, I hopefully don't have too too many on mine but I think you know keeping it under 10 is probably a good or even under eight maybe yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay this question's for me because you have some 400 episodes and I have 110 and I'm just kind of like at that phase where it's like you know do I push through to 200 what kept you motivated throughout all these years to keep pushing through and do you have any advice for me to just Uh, um, stay strong in the game I just I love I want to talk about this with you all day Um, (laughs) I I want to be super honest and super clear like the journey of the last four and a half years to 400 episodes we do an episode a week but we started out doing two a week which was bananas um was has been consistently up and down like it's been like I hate this I love this I hate this I love this and I think in the moments where I'm like ugh, I just what am I doing in those moments it comes back to everything I just talked about when you asked me that mindset question it's like why am I doing this why am I doing this like and when I kind of reframe what I'm doing and each each iteration it's like I had to allow it to evolve so once I started talking more about tarot stuff and less about just like here's how to start an email list and here's how to replace your link tree menu and like all those things like I think they're useful but like I was only doing like kind of like the same thing over and over and when I started bringing in more conversation and more stuff I liked it like really energized the whole process oh, for me and I think it helped probably helped me to connect with my audience a little bit more but I mean you've made it super far and congratulations. Cause most people just crap out at like 
episode five. I mean, yeah. it's, it's an actual term called pod fading. That's like, <sighs> I don't know the stats my partner does. He has a, he does podcast production and he was telling me that there's like, I mean, there's many, many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that just have started and then stopped. So just congratulations, oh, <laughs> you know, to get that far. But I think, I think for me, I just have to continually reframe why I'm doing it and let it evolve. So it's like, it doesn't have to, I can stop talking about email lists if I want to, like, I don't have to, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, I think just, uh, following that, you know, yeah, checking think, in with yourself. Yeah. No, I think just bringing you on and talking about this cool subject, um, it really lights me up because, you know, talking about, about the same thing over and over, it just gets a little repetitive. So it's like, we're evolving. So, so is our podcast and so is our audience. So that's really special. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think people, yeah, dig that they resonate with it, you know? Yeah. We talk so much about so much about like tarot reading mindset, uh, business, but like, what is your like best heck yes sales technique? Oh, sales technique. Well, this doesn't sound very mind blowing, but it's worked for me and my, my in-person sales numbers have always been extremely high and my return rate for clients has always been high. And I, I really like, I look at it and I'm like, Hmm, well, that's great. But like, what is it? And I, I really think it's about being a real human being. Like I, I do not have like a pitchy thing, like where I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, like I have things that I've repeated many times, just like some of the things I told you about tarot today, where it's like, obviously she's talked about this before, but like, <laughs> but like, I really think just being a real person goes a really long way and being genuinely interested in the other person, mm -hmm. like going, moving from a transactional, like energy to like an exchange is it's like, you might not even say anything different, but like, if your intention is to like help and to, to like want to connect with someone versus this is a transaction, like it's going to be total the intention. I really believe that like the intention behind what we do moves the energy in a totally different way. Oh, and I think totally. people, maybe we don't even consciously pick up on it, but when we're, when people are on calls, I think people can tell that like, I like them. I want to help them. Like I'm excited to help them. Uh -huh. I'm interested in them. Like I'm genuinely curious about what their problem is. And like, I'm not like next, you know, Totally. When you feel someone wants a sale so bad, it's like you, you feel almost like get away from me. Like you put your guard up too. I mean, that, I'm it's, talking for myself. It's energetically like such a, such a turnoff and it can be, I went into, this is really funny. I was in a little town walking around the other day. Um, and there was a door to like a, like a tarot palm reading kind of like place that was upstairs. And I went, I was like, huh, maybe I'll check it out just cause that seems up my alley, you know? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I don't usually do that, but I went in and it was like, and the person that greeted me was like, sit down, sit down. I'll, I'll, I'll read for you. And I said, oh, I was just curious. I just wanted to say hello. I was just curious, like what, what the vibe was in here. And you know, what well, you know what I'm Natalie, what's your name? And, um, and they were just so cold. They were just like, oh, well, I don't really, I'm busy right now. So like, because I didn't want to sit down and, a and just have uh, a reading, it was like, there was this wall went up Yeah, yeah. and it was really surprising, especially in that space. Cause I feel like the folks that I interact with in like, if you want to call it like woo woo stuff is are like very open hearted and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just a reminder. It was kind of like old school versus new school. It was like transactional versus like genuine, like curiosity. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. It was a very icky. That's an icky feeling. Yeah, totally. And, but yeah, you could totally tell when someone's just like, yeah, you know, yeah. puts their guard up, but buy my thing. Oh, you don't want it. Okay. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. See you never. <laughs> yeah. You don't mean cool. anything to me. I'm not going to. And, and, and it's human. worth noting to like, whoever's listening, that's selling stuff. Like pay attention. Like, do you really want just people to buy stuff or do you care about the people that you're selling stuff to, you know? And I think like just that shift is going to be like powerful. Yeah. You know, energetically, we can't see it, but it does something. Yeah. Sure. I try to take notes like on, you know, after all my sales calls and even if they don't hire me, I try to keep them in like kind of my thoughts because, you know, maybe one day that I can help them or they're ready then, um, you know, I'm like, you know, I've been rooting for you all these, all this time on the sidelines type of thing. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Energetically. Yeah. I had a coach, um, and I did everything she said and she didn't, it didn't work, paid a lot of money, did a lot of other stuff. And then, um, somehow her energy just brought me back to her, uh, a year and a half later. And then we worked together again and I paid the money again and it worked. So it's crazy. Yeah. Just because she was saying the same old thing, you know, same old systems. She was, uh, she had heart for it for lead generation. And I said, Hey, if it's how it's working for these people, why not me? There was something, something, um, something wrong that I was doing. So I think it was just, I needed more experience. Yeah. 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 And it, sometimes it can be the person's like where you're at. It's not necessarily what they're offering, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it with one more question. Um, sure. Just speak to the hearts of wedding professionals. If they're struggling right now, even maybe wanting to give up or they just feel like energetically depleted. Um, what would you say to them today to just get out of their heads and like, um, I don't know, get, get more into the positive light. Just specifically in the wedding industry. Um, and anyway. just as a little background, like I, did you say wedding? Is that what you said? Yeah. But anything, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, you. no, just as a background, I, you know, I've shot like over 300 weddings and I did it for 10 years and I haven't, I haven't been shooting weddings for the last couple of years, but I will say that the couple things that I do take on are because I like them. And it comes back to this, like what makes you happy and what makes you, why are back to that? Like yeah, what do you like about the thing that you're doing? And you get to choose. You get to say no to stuff that feels not exciting to you. And you get to say yes to stuff that does. And you also get to like, you know, if you're feeling really like burnt out and kind of like, like maybe just shake it up a little bit. Say like, I'm going to start doing this differently or I'm going to cut back on this so that I can try this new thing and see how it takes root. Like just like freshening it up a little bit, you know, instead of doing that, like when we do the same thing for too long, like we don't evolve, we don't really learn and we might be really good at it. I think what happened to me is that, as you know, weddings are great money and I was very good at them in terms of like interpersonal relationships and quality of photos. Like I had a great time doing it. It was never hard for me to do it. I I think I was built for it, but like (laughs) that, (laughs) that, just because you're really good at something, if your soul starts to slowly die, like it doesn't mean you can't come back to it. And it doesn't mean those skills aren't going to be used in other places, but like what, what, like what really lights you up? Sometimes I tell my students to like, do kind of like a, like a, like a time travel thing where you just really try to connect to like what you were like when you were like eight or nine years old. Like, what did you like to do? Like, did you like to draw pictures? Were you really into movies? Were you really into like, like 
try and find something that you really love to do that you haven't done for a while. Like I, I've been a musician my whole life, but I just picked up my guitar again, you know, recently. And I used to play every day and it's like, oh, like this whole other part of my soul, like gets so happy when I sit and play. And so I think like just recognizing that if you walk away from it or if you change it, you can always change it back or come back. But like, inject it with some life you know just because you're good at it just because it's rolling along like you still like your soul still needs to be stimulated so find ways that you can I would say just find ways that you can make it more fun for yourself oh Natalie you always do stuff to like pull like my heartstrings but where (laughs) where can everyone find you and where can um how can they work with you yeah so the easiest place to find everything that I'm connected to is just on Instagram at photo biz help b-i-z um that's all the links will be connected to all. I have a couple of other Instagram accounts to so my main photo account and then the tarot stuff. So it's all kind of, that's sort of like the root place and you can find the podcast there and the coaching stuff too. Yes. And then how can they work with you? What's the best way to, um, you said you have like a 30 minute consult. Yeah. And again, so I would say from that place, you can either, you can go to, um, you can go to the Instagram photo biz help and like all the links will kind of get you around to the different accounts or you can go to nataliejoanne.com and there's um there's a links menu there with all the tarot stuff. Yay. Yeah. Well, it was so fun. If you guys like Natalie here today, you're going to love to coach with her. But thank you for coming on. This is such a powerful conversation. Thanks for having me on. It's so fun to talk to you again. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.